Our latest guests on soundtracking are husband and wife duo Aaron and Sam Taylor-Johnson who have joined forces on a number of levels to bring us A Million Little Pieces. An adaptation of James Fry's book of the same name, it's based on the author's experiences in rehab as he attempted to recover from alcohol and drug addiction. Despite the well-documented controversy surrounding the veracity of some of James's account, there is no denying its power as a study of what it's like to hit rock bottom and a fantastic read. Sam and Aaron wrote the script together before Sam got behind the camera and Aaron in front of it to take the lead roles. They also worked as producers on the film. The score, meanwhile, is provided by Atticus Ross, a frequent collaborator with Trent Reznor, and it's with Atticus's cue, Roy Freaks Out, that we begin. First of all, congratulations on on this extraordinary film. I said to you guys last night, but I'm going to repeat myself. This is the film that I saw when I I read the book. It really, really is. And I think for you, Sam, you were saying that you kind of saw a film as well when you read it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, that's the highest compliment because it's such a a powerful book. And and when I read it, the... It sort of shook my DNA, and mm-hmm. that's that's one of those books which just alters you, you know, fragmentally inside, and and so to then feel that that has come into the movie this much later is amazing, and and also you know difficult because such a big book that means so much to so many different people, and yeah. how do you then take, you know, five hundred and something pages and condense it to ninety two minutes or however long we got it in at, but. Mm. Yeah, it was. It's an important. It's an important book, and and as I as I read it, I did. I kept visualizing it and seeing it, and it was before I was a filmmaker. So when I kept, you know, hearing different studios and and directors coming and going, there was a little part of me that was, would just be envious and just think, wow, they've got such great material to work with. It's going to be amazing. And then it, when it didn't happen, I'd be, a, well, maybe there's a chance one day, you know. Then the rights did come about, and uh, and so it was a real blessing in that way. But it feels that your background in, in the different art that you've created has really allowed you to, to kind of just splash that on this film as well. You know, you've given it space, but you've also, I feel like you've almost added senses to it in a way as well, because you can smell that beer that he's smelling in that last scene and you can see and feel things as well. Was it an easy thing to come to that point of knowing how you wanted to make the film and what you wanted it to look like? I think because there's so much inner dialogue within the book and you're really inside James's head, it, it really kind of gave us a, a creative freedom in yeah. a way. And uh, as long with James gave us such creative freedom, he just said, you know, go make art. I know you're an artist. Just be free with it. And so, you know, the, there's an opening scene at the beginning where, you know, he's dancing wildly and dancing wildly naked. 
and you know that that really came from an earlier artwork that I'd made in '93, which was also when uh, James first went into rehab. So, it, wow! And I didn't realize that actually until last week because I saw that piece again because it was in an exhibition here. But, but it just you know it it's my I guess artwork sort of seeped into it across and some subconsciously and some more consciously is like the the moment he slides through the shit the corridor we call it (laughs) um into rehab that was just you know just a a wild thought of you know what's going on in his head and how can we somehow see that not just hear you know him saying oh i'm scared i'm i'm vulnerable i'm nervous and and now i'm in shit and it's okay because shit's comfortable and you know how can we see all of that and so then you know being able to just be creatively wild with it was was a dream and what about the conversation that you had about that decision about working on this together, not just in terms of, you know, aren't you in front of the camera, but behind the camera, writing the script together mm. and being involved in the production of it? Yeah, I guess it sort of became, it sort of was a natural kind of progression. Um, I think we ultimately wanted to find, you know, a, a great writer that we loved and give that person all the notes and ideas, you know. But the um, thing is, when Sam gets her mind on something, it, it just... It, it, you know she's just I, I'm, I feel like I'm a sounding board because she's just throwing out such beautiful ideas and at one point it just felt like well, we better I better write this down before you know you lose it and that's kind of how those things came about like the the shit corridor um it, that was um it was a scene that was very visual in the book the way James writes is so um visual but it's in his head so it's like he felt like the walls were caving in and he couldn't do this and that and you know, he wanted to crawl back to the sewers where he came from or something like that, you know. Mm. And uh, I think that's kind of how then how that kind of came about. And it decided, you know, Sam had a more interesting sort of angle on it. And uh, and I think those are the bold things that you get when you find a real filmmaker who has a vision, you know, or, or I've experienced with filmmakers over, over time. The, the really good ones are the ones that kind of want to take elevate something off the page. And it's something abstract and odd and mm. uh, and might not necessarily work that's the challenge so but how we came together working together it just felt natural it felt like you know and we put everything aside you know I didn't take any jobs on neither did Sam for 18 months we sat down and and tried to you know uh, tackle tackle it and it was a beautiful process and we dissected the book and pulled it apart and then we put it into a three-act structure and then um, and kind of went from there and it was actually a really huge learning process I think for us both Aaron had real patience and and would sit there for, you know, eight hours, 10 hours straight, whereas I'd just kind of come in 20 minutes, boom, 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 ideas and and then step out again. And he would have, you know, a real sense of structurally how these things work was, you know, was much more patient than I am. Because James, I was in James's head as well. And, and in, yeah. in the rehab, he drinks a lot of coffee and smokes a lot of cigarettes. So I sort of took on this weird habit of just doing that for like 14 hours straight. Healthy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Was, I can't remember, cause it's a while since I read the book. Was there much reference to music in the book? No, not in the book. Um, I mean, I remember sort of halfway through the, you know, through that period of time, spent a lot of time with James, went to the treatment centre and did a lot of research. And in that also was, you know, asking James for pictures of him in that time mm. and what music was you listening to? Mm. And the music that he listened to was uh, 
terrible. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what we was, talk like? Yeah, no, it was bad. Really bad. Um, really bad 90s stuff. Um, <laughs> there might be no an odd names. one in there that was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then Sam was like, uh, no, I think we'll go for it. We'll have to scrap his, you know, his playlist. We'll try and go, you know, you know a different yeah, way. Yeah, I, I don't think we saved one, did we, off his playlist? No. Um, are we talking like pop or are we talking like... I some of it, I think... Uh, Proper you know, I the cheesiest, cheesiest really songs wow. where we were thinking, well, maybe we could put one in because it was one be... I thought we could. Yeah, it was one we thought we could do with irony. But then we just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam can, yeah. The no integrity was, no, was too I high. Mean, music <laughs> and soundtracks yeah. mean so much to a movie and and to the experience and to me. And it's one of the mo- the things I I pride myself on and I love doing. So there's no way I could squeeze one of these in. <laughs> but that's like that shows you the power of music within film is that it yeah, could completely, completely change. Different. You know this because you found this amazing tone for the film that yeah. kind of it's about addiction it's about this this young man kind of trying to refine himself really and the friendships that he makes along the way but within that there's some wonderful humor and light moments as well yeah. and even by using the wrong piece of music yeah. it could completely side road that yeah yeah and i think there was i mean that's like what we said there was a world where we could have maybe used one piece of music for for, for that humor aspect but um i don't think we found the time but i think also music even the influence on on costume as well like the beastie boys and the adidas sort of sneaker that sort of thing there was a lot of that too that you could kind of draw upon mm-hmm. uh, that time as well i mean the film starts kind of it's got a, a sort of bombastic start in terms of your performance but the music as well that smashing pumpkins track as well yeah. so you're just transported into this kind of sonic world as well did you film to that specific track no no we didn't um <laughs> silver fuck isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. it is I'm trying to remember i, I can't remember. i can't either but you it's definitely two music for that open scene or not yes i think so yeah that was your first day wasn't it that was day one so nervous energy was high <laughs> yeah. aaron had to be naked in front of an entire crew that he hadn't met yet and yeah. and I didn't tell him that there was going to be background artists extras standing yeah, around. Yeah, it was written in an empty room. So and then she filled it with a bunch of people. I filled Surprise! it with a bunch. Of... <laughs> now so... drop your trousers and go. Action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you'd had one of James's cheesy tracks on him. Yeah. <laughs> but we did when he goes when he does the dance into shit corridor I did play singing in the rain he did um, skip into rehab to singing in the rain for that moment but that was then taken out and replaced with score I'm singing in the rain just singing in the rain 
What a glorious feeling I'm happy again I'm laughing at clouds So dark up above The sun's in my heart And I'm ready for love Let the stormy clouds chase Everyone from the place Come on with the rain I've a smile on my face I walk down the lane With a happy refrain Just singing, singing in the rain Dancing in the rain I'm happy again I'm singing and dancing in the I love that channel and Jim Kelly for that video. Yeah. It's amazing because it's so, it's so physical as well. Yeah. yeah, I think there's um, that was another big sort of discussion at the beginning when we was writing it and the intention to kind of bring more physicality into it and expressionistic mm. sort of movement, which was a bold move because it was hard for me from, it was okay being the writer, you know, co-writer on it, but uh, as the actor when I was experiencing, you know, and, and, and spending a lot of time with James who's, you know, anything but that kind of sort of thing. So it was, it's hard to kind of get your head around making then my interpretation of mm. of him is it, it's kind of slightly different but again it was it, 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 it what it did was it opened up a door for for us to have uh, a, a freedom to not be so attached to yeah. you know James and and that specific way it was able to kind of go into the world of our our interpretation of this movie so did you write any specific pieces of music into the, the script when you were writing the script yeah yeah actually yeah we had a different i think yeah yeah you know, I feel bad when you sort of say which ones and they didn't make it. I think, you know, um, only because of like by the end budget and actually, you know, what you end up getting actually is sort of cut together and the editing process is so different. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, we did in order to get a sense of that time and era and when mm. we're sending the script out, you kind of want to go like, you know, this is, we have taste too, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of anything that... Um... I can't remember because I get to the point where I'm so... I've, I've seen it so many times with the music and worked on that that I can't remember what the references might have been before. We had yeah. R.E.M. in it. We definitely had R.E.M. R.E.M. was written. always in there. Smash, crack, push, Tie another one to the racks. Rock and roll. Nobody tells you where to go, baby. What if I ride? What if you walk? What if you rock around the clock? Tent, 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 tent. What if you did? Nobody tells you what to do, baby. 
They work yeah. so beautifully. Drive is, he's driving from the, the yeah. airport when it was after his brother picks him up sure. as well, and then everybody hurts. I mean, that's such an emotional song, even just hearing that song. And it's played at it's piano. piano. Yeah, yeah, it's such an emotional song that that it felt better to play it like that so you're almost singing it in your head and feeling those words rather than it being quite sort of out there because that's such a strong scene yeah that just having it sort of almost piano scored in the background it was enough It's so wonderful because it's really, we were talking to, I was talking to someone else and we were talking about how there was one specific track they really wanted and the artist wouldn't give it to them and it's like, oh man, the, you know, artists helping artists and creativity, that's what yeah. it should be about. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what you got from Smashing Pumpkins, from Smashing R.E.M. Pumpkins was the first one, wasn't it? I mean, Yeah, can... that, was, that was really almost like our benchmark in a sense where we, um, we put it in there, you know, you, you try music against a certain scene and see how it works. We put that on and it was just brilliant <laughs> and it works so incredibly that I couldn't conceive of having anything else there. So, you know, we, we, we wrote to them because there was no way we could afford that song. So we wrote to them and said, you know, we'll, we'll show you the film. We could show you where it is, you know, please. <laughs> Basically, you know, would you help support a small film? And yeah, that was the answer. Yes, we will. And, and we won't take our fees. And, and that is really how almost the spirit of this movie became. Everyone really gave up their usual fees, their usual trailers, their usual everything, mm -hmm. just to, you know, be supportive of a small film about an important subject. Yeah. But also the, the, the missing bit of that was that we were constantly told, you'll never get that, you'll never get them, you know, yeah. and that's always the process about doing these sort of movies. It's but like, whenever well, I hear... you ever get that, or there's no really, you know... Yeah. Whenever I hear no, or you'll never get it, it's like, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> watch <laughs> me. Yeah. Watch me. And it has, the whole process yeah. of making this film has been like that. You can't do this, and you can't do that, and you won't get this. And it's just like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, yeah. we will. Yes, we will. And, uh, and, you know, so, but it has been, you know, thanks to a lot of people's generosity. Yeah. Generosity of spirit. Yeah. I love love the use of the Loretta Lynn track as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like things like that, even the music just adds a little bit of kind of lightness here and there yes, as well. You know, yeah. It can be used in so many brilliant, brilliant yeah. ways. Well, you thought I'd be waiting up when you came home last night. You'd been out with all the boys and you ended up half tired. But liquor and love, they just don't mix, leave the ball or me behind.
There was yeah. interestingly though one track. Oh, his mind, the name escapes me. It was the most beautiful piece of music for a scene, and and I wanted it so bad, and no one could. He had died. I'm gonna remember the name, but he had died, and there was no sense of who owned the rights, and wow. so we couldn't then use it. And we tried everything, every which way to try and and get it, and because. No one could be sure who owns that piece of music yeah. since his passing.、Uh, Joe Pass, piece of music, yeah. yeah. And so we couldn't use it, and、uh, that was really frustrating because it was so beautiful. This song. Thing I guess for you, kind of going into an edit, you're readdressing the film again, kind of thing in a way, and、yeah. making things fit and getting decisions like that kind of can almost change things completely for you. I yeah,、imagine. well, you get very wedded in the scene, you know, and the the song that you've chosen. When the synergy is right,、mm. it's really hard to replace it, and then you're constantly looking for something that gives you the same feeling that that Joe Pass song gave in that scene. Harvey just gets torn <laughs>、mm. <laughs> as、yeah. you're watching it with something new, just going, I guess,、um, and and then something else will come on. That's better,、yeah. and and so you go through it, and you know, and then there was the odd track which was just way out of price range, and and musicians not as generous as the others. You know, there <laughs>、yeah. is that too. It's Genesis REM, one of the biggest bands <laughs> in the world. Yeah,、so. they were、What? amazing. Just、yeah. have it was basically Michael's. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah,、uh, when it came to deciding on who you wanted to work with. On score side of things, because、mm. the score complements, you know, so much of this film just beautifully. Yeah. Was that an easy decision to make, and did you have a few people in mind for it, or? Well, Atticus Ross is a, you know, he and、uh, Trent Reznor have done some incredible, incredible scores,、mm. and、uh, he was definitely in my mind for this. And we were just going through the process of, you know, who would we choose and. He, I think, would be perfect. And then we happened to be at an event, and Atticus was there, and、um, introduced myself and chatted. And he said, "You know, would love, love to work with you in the future if you have something. You know, let's let's talk about it. And yeah, feel free to reach out." And I said, "Well, I, I am 
reaching out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I would love you to score this movie. I've just shot. We were literally all in the process of shooting. No, it would have just shot. And um, I could see him just like trying to squirm away because uh, he he meant, you know, in the future, a couple of years, not like now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I do have something else. And I was like, yeah, but maybe at the weekends and evenings you could work on this for me. And uh, to his credit, he did. And wow. and he he did. And he didn't he didn't do that thing of just weekends and evenings. He fully committed. And he and his brother, Leo, worked on the film. Absolutely. um you know, full steam, and there was there's never a sense of, you know, this was something he was doing on the side. It was like this is the job I'm doing, and he oh, the score's so beautiful. Yeah, and it's like it's so intrinsic to a movie, the score being right. Did he? Did you give him the script, or did you send him an early edit, or what, what kind of point? Gave did him he the yeah, script. Gave him the script. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but gave him the script, and then I think he, we would send him the early rushes and mm. and things, and he'd start coming back with ideas almost immediately. Yeah, it was it was amazing to have somebody like him on board. like the trust as well that you have with someone you have to have that immediate trust with someone that you're giving yes. them the opportunity to because it is such an important part to to the film 
Yeah, I think with Atticus, he just, you know, knowing the history of his scores and, and the music that he and Trent do together, the tone felt they'd bring the right tone to mm. it, or Atticus would bring the right tone to it. And um, so I did. I just completely let go and trusted that what he would do. And, you know, because we were also up against such a crazy time frame, he just took a hold of it and, and I would go and visit him in, in his studio and he'd just play around with some everything was just like yep great yep great and also you know you you have that feeling of you're Atticus I'm just letting you free mm -hmm. I, I know what you're going to do is beautiful and, and amazing well in the same way that you said with James with the book you know when you got the rights and he yeah. was like take it and do what you want with it yeah make it your art yeah absolutely and and so it's you know it's you can only sort of hand that on really to yeah. the next person in their creative field. And that's really how, you know, artists create the best is when they're let free. There's a couple of specific bits of the score, if you don't mind just me yeah. picking up yeah. on, because they really sort of stood out, was um, um, when the sort of piano, when he's entering the facility. So that was, I mean, that was probably one of the first pieces he scored because, I mean, that was always up, up for discussion, whether it would be some piece of music on top, like a needle drop or, um, but usually those are the moments that if they're fighting for it, then you're like, okay, you know, that was kind of like the good, like, yeah. I think, I mean, probably one of the first pieces he saw. And I think from then on, I, I think it was like, actually, I want to, I want to score the whole movie from yeah, here. So, yeah, I think, yeah, um, right. that was the piece we sent him.
Yeah, and the last bit, that bit where it's it's the sort of pinball bit, yeah. Yeah. Dropping. That was like the last piece at the very end that kind of tied everything all together, I think. Yeah, it was sort of kind of, It's like layering, I guess. They start somewhere and then they play around and then you have notes to that and then... Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting how that came about. Yeah. It seen easy to get right in terms of the oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of what you would use. On the that. hard thing with that scene was I could never look away. I had to be obviously <laughs> present and in it. And because of Aaron and Andy who played the dentist, I mean, it was an incredible performance and a believable oh one of someone's teeth being drilled out without an anesthetic or any drugs. <laughs> and I'm watching it for sort of four and a half hours, I think. <laughs> Of just like, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, okay, let's go in closer. Do we have to? Yes, let's, you know, and it was quite, it was a brutal scene to shoot. And that was from my perspective anyway. <laughs> but with, with this, the score, the score yeah. on that bit as well, was kind of, it really stood out for me because it was just, it felt really clever. It almost made you, it, for me anyway, it stopped me from wanting to look away. Because my kind of initial right. thing was like, yeah. I can't yeah. watch this. But the score almost kind of it holds it and pulls yeah. you, it draws you yeah, in. Yeah, totally. It does, it does, and it doesn't. It doesn't fight with it, and it doesn't try to elevate it yeah. either. It just does. It holds you there. Because yeah. yeah, I think after you get that sort of moment of silence, and he's sat back in the the medical ward bit. It's the moment where the audience can breathe, <laughs> but then also sort of let out cut an awkward laugh. It's the sort of feeling of like. Oh, <laughs> oh, and everyone has like a moment of like laughing, but sort of, oh, thank God that's over. That yeah. was kind of intense. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly.
everyone's in there, you know, it's kind of funny that you sort of come together in that moment as everyone's like, oh. Your shoulders do. And then you all sort of laugh because it's, yeah. you. No, it's it's interesting, you know, watching it with an audience last night. We watched it. And um, the dentist bit, everyone's like, oh, God. Everyone has quite. Yeah. There's another moment, I think, with score, and let's just going to get to it, is that one of the most beautiful pieces, a couple, there's two places, and uh, but there's that one where um, James and Lily are sort of dancing around oh, each yeah. other in the cafeteria, and it's, I think it's actually Leo, Leo, Leo's voice, that's yeah. his brother's voice, yeah. he sort of does this very sort of high sort of... Singing in the background. Sort of chanting yeah. sort of thing, but because it's like a man's voice, but it's just sort of haunting and delicate vulnerable. and vulnerable and yeah. beautiful in that moment, and I think it just tied everything together and that was another thing that was kind of late in the um in the school it was like one of the last things that came on it sort of was like oh my god now it's now it's sort of had this fully sort of mm. blown thing and it yeah. puts hairs on the back of my neck that's how beautiful it is mm. you know? James is searching for Lily as well. That's an, a brilliant piece of, of score as well. Yeah. Massive sighs of relief. It's funny because when you're so in it, yeah. you know, last night we both watched it. We haven't watched it for a while. We both watched it. We both, and the lights came out. We're like, God, it's really intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. That bit Whoa. again. It's the that's yeah. Leo's voice as well. Yeah, it's yeah. It's got a it's a really beautiful, touching mm. score. Yeah, um, it really pulls at the heartstrings. Don't you know? That's when they 
that's when you know score is at its best and and, and sort of magic really mm. but the, but that scene the way that the 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 voice the choral kind of works it sort of takes you into another plane almost mm-hmm. it's sort of spiritual, yeah it becomes incredibly spiritual and otherworldly in a way so mm. you're you're with him in you know you're a very deep place let's say because i don't want to give anything away you're with him in a very deep place but it sort of takes you into another space of uh, yeah like a another world mm-hmm. yeah for a couple minutes about Nowhere Boy Go music for it, on that as to. well because kind of looking back on that as well and, and working with Alison and Will on that for the score but then also the tracks in that as well was that an easy thing to navigate in terms of it's about John Lennon but it's yeah. also not about John Lennon it's about a young man kind of you know sort of in this yeah. triangle of love basically yeah but when you were navigating the music for Nowhere Boy was that an easy thing to to find <sighs> cast my mind a lot of it was all influences of, of yeah. sort of music so Buddy Holly a lot of you know the Screaming Jay Hawkins yeah. a lot of 50s music So it needed to be all his influences mm. and, and the sort of music of the period and time. But yeah, I don't know how, how easy was it to get some of those pieces, I mean. <laughs> no, not at all easy. No. Uh, I mean, it really comes down to you you choose all the music that you'd like and then, you know, it's slim pickings as yeah. to what you can actually have with, within the constraints of budget. But but I think, you know, talking about the influences on um you know Lennon McCartney in that era it was very clear the the piece of music we had to have and mm-hmm. i mean especially with those it, there was no calling up 
was two pieces of music I'm that glad we you can remember you, a little bit more. No, there were two pieces <laughs> that we needed to get the rights from. One one Paul McCartney had and one Yoko Ono. Yeah. Own and and uh, it was the mother, the last song at the end of the movie. Yeah, that that was really Yoko. important because when I when I read the script, I, I I read it and it said he walks away to the song Mother. I was devastated yeah. just reading the script and so I knew that was essential to the movie and uh, we had no sense that Yoko was going to give us that and we made the, the whole movie without that piece of music and we had to screen it for both of them and we were, you know, extremely lucky but what happened with Yoko, Yoko had distanced herself from the f film, she didn't want anything to do it, didn't actually know whether she wanted to see it, you know, we asked her if she would watch it, we set up a screening and, and she watched it and then she called her son Sean to come over and watch it with her. They watched it, so she watched it twice. And then she called me up afterwards, you know, extremely emotional. I was like, you can have it, you can have mother. It's wow. just, I know, it was so, I mean, it always makes me cry because she was so effusive about her feelings about the movie and said that she, um, you know, was so happy that mother was going to be used and she'd never given the rights before. You know, it just finished on that song and it was just so powerful to have that song at the end. I can't imagine what the movie would have been without that. film you made and the performance you gave so you should feel yeah. proud about that as well that's it, why she said that yeah she was yeah. amazing in, incredibly supportive and and and, and yeah and Paul absolutely the same and he you know there, there were things that he found difficult for himself to watch in the movie and mm. but he said you know ultimately he felt like it was such a strong portrayal that we could then have that Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, I'm Don't say it's over. I've only just warmed up. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's talk more music. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm really hoping. I know someone asked you this last night, yeah, but Tom Waits at the end of the movie. Isn't yeah. It? Oh yes. Tom Waits too. Yes. I, I had the question to ask yes. what it was at the end. I mean, it was just one we we tried because the end of the movie is such a, again a powerful thing to have the right song and 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 Tom Waits' song just that voice, the setting, the 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 pain in that voice yeah. was just so important for that. And then, you know, and then in the darkness to have something new and fresh like Greta Van Fleet, you know, to come in with that wild voice that yeah. he has as well. And I don't know, end songs are so difficult to get right. Um, the Weekend, Fifty Shades, that was really difficult to get right. I 
gazillions of songs until we landed on on that then. Is it a physical reaction that makes a decision? It's a totally visceral, physical, um, hairs on your neck, everything drawing you in and you just having that, ah, I found it feeling. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the hardest thing to get right and the most rewarding when you do. Amazing. I'm so excited to see what's next as well and in this yeah, kind of, too. you know, <laughs> my friend Leonard. Let's Yay. hope so. Um, thanks so much and congratulations Thank again. You. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. How pretty as girl in all the world is in a little Spanish town. But I left a fall upon a last, and I told her I'd see her around. But that Closing cue from A Million Little Pieces, that's Lucky Day by Tom Waits, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Sam and Aaron Taylor-Johnson. My huge thanks to both Sam and Aaron for taking the time to talk to us. It was an absolute treat. A Million Little Pieces is out now and well worth checking out. For me, as I said at the beginning of the interview, it's the film that I saw when I read the book. Head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes where you'll also be able to subscribe to this podcast and you'll also find Spotify playlists for the shows. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and do take a moment to rate us on iTunes if you get the chance. Next up, I am delighted to bring you my chat with the wonderful composer and all-round gentleman, Alan Silvestri, who agreed to meet me after I reached out to him on social media. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.